When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, by the way, Mon, I fudged the the ending for the last recording because I didn't have your script. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I was like, damn. Usually, Lon does this, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, okay. Wait, where is my script? Welcome to 90 Day Fiancé WTF Podcast, a weekly hangout to talk about what the fuck we all just watch on TLC's 90 Day Fiancé. I am Nadia, and back with me is my co-host, Lon. Hey, how's it going, Nadia? How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the mainland, Lon. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Hope you enjoyed your vacation, and I don't know where you went, but hopefully there is some bougie swamps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've gained a lot of weight while I was there. It was definitely a lot of consumption <laughs> on my part. But yeah, I'm ready to jump into this podcast and get back in shape actually too. <laughs> well, I guess that can only mean that you had a great vacation. So it was good. don't feel bad about it. It was really good. So I did mention Bougie Swamp. I was wondering if we can start with Jovi and Yara. All right. <laughs> They're in trouble. And I didn't know how much trouble they were in. So obviously, you know, we talk about how they're my favorite couple. Mm -hmm. And this episode, I, I guess I just really wasn't paying attention. I know that they fight, but I didn't know that they fight as much as this episode leads people to believe. Like they really fight a lot. And it seemed they're trying to get back on track, or at least Jovi is trying to get things back on track. And I don't know if he's actually explaining himself to Yara better. And I don't know if, if maybe Yara is just isn't as receptive to it, because I understand how he feels. So some of the socials are saying that he's selfish and that he's competing for Yara's attention from Myla. And I don't think that's the case. I think Myla has Myla's time and they have their time and he wants some of that time back, which is why they're on this date and which is why the mom is babysitting. So like, I think he reserved this time to say, look, don't worry about the baby. You have that taken care of. That's the reason my mom's babysitting. Like, let's kind of get back to where we are. I don't think he's competing at all. I just think he feels maybe neglected or that the spark in their relationship might be diminished because of their new responsibilities. And he's trying to get that spark back. So I, you know, I don't think he's being selfish at all. I just don't think maybe Yara is being as receptive and maybe Jovi isn't just explaining it well, and it's coming off as if he's competing for that attention and for that time. And that's tough. And again, I didn't know that they fought as much as this episode leads people to believe. I guess they said that they were fighting a lot. I was like, wow, are they really fighting that much? 
So we don't see all of it. I have to remind myself, we don't see it all, like what the cameras show us or, you know, how things are edited. And I got the perception that, yeah, they're kind of a happier couple. They're young, they get into their little disagreements, but it's usually they make up and, and they're good. But this episode really has me worried for them. Yeah, you know, now that you broke it down like that, I can totally see why he felt that way. He felt neglected. But at the same time, I think he fails to see how tired and how demanding being a first-time mom can be for Yara. And I think also Yara takes her parenthood more seriously than Jovi. But I can also see why Jovi wants her attention because when he's at work, he's not with them. He's not with his wife. He misses his wife. He's out of the country like four, six weeks out. And it makes sense that when he comes back, he wants some of that romanticism. You know, he wants to rekindle the spark in their relationship. So I get that. But I can also see why Yara feels that he's being selfish and he's not being understanding and appreciative. Because I think for a first-time mom, she has all this anxiety from being away from her baby. So I kind of see both sides. And I think that it's too bad that they're in this predicament because they're very young and in their previous life, so to speak, they were party animals. They mm -hmm. were adventurous. They travel a lot. And then suddenly, once she moved to the US, they're pregnant. And mm. now they have a baby to raise. So it's a very sudden change that I think Jovi is struggling with. I think too, it's hard for him to embrace fatherhood when she's constantly with Myla. And when he tries to spend time with Myla, she's always correcting him mm. or doing things that tell him he's being a father wrong. Mm. So he doesn't have the same sense of fatherhood the way um, Yara has embraced motherhood. Right. And yeah, it, you know, a lot of it has to do with him being away and not being there to spend time with his daughter. And then when he does, Yara's like, oh, don't do it like this or no, you're doing wrong or whatever. Yeah. And it just kind of reinforces that she's the mom and where do I fit in now in, right. in all of this? Where do I fit in in this relationship that you and our daughter have? Where am I in all of this, right? And I think it does feel a bit alienating to come back to that. So it's hard to embrace his role in this family dynamic. And that's something that they're going to have to figure out. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I was unaware that it was as problematic as they made it seem this episode. I really feel bad for him. And, and I, I see both sides too. I see both sides too. And I think she's fully embraced motherhood and she's all about it. She's all about going into the suburbs, no more mm -hmm. partying. We have a curfew. We have a bedtime. I'm checking on my daughter. It doesn't matter if, if this is our time. We still need to go home, you know? And, yeah. But that makes him feel underappreciated because- I set aside this time for us. I got a babysitter for our daughter so that you don't have to worry about that. This is our time now. And now you're, you're going to cut it short. You know, so it, he's just trying to figure out where he fits in all of this. And part of it is because he hasn't em embraced yeah. fatherhood yet. So, I mean, she even chased their guests out at 6 p.m. Yeah. during Christmas. So that's how serious she is about her baby and i felt bad for that i think that could have been handled differently yeah that was, that's weird that's a special occasion it's a family occasion 
put the daughter to bed. But I guess she she said it was her culture. Like, oh, yeah. this is how we do it in the Ukraine. You you come here, you kick it for two hours, and bam, you're out the door. I was like, oh, okay. I think that was made up because I read through some of the comments made after that episode, and people from Ukraine and Russia, they are like, no, we don't do that. Especially to our guests. In fact, six p.m. is when we start the party. We start the party late. And I get it. It might be because she's a new mom. She wants Back to check. Nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Elena and I talked about it last week. And yeah, we both think that it's rude, no matter where you're, you know, you're from, no matter what your traditions are, to chase your guests who came all the way to your house, having driven two hours, just when they settled down and, you know, start biting on the food, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, I just want to say before we end this, I wasn't impressed by the rooftop bar, Lon. I don't see any uh, action going on on that rooftop bar. Maybe it was meant to be (laughs) a quiet, romantic type of rooftop bar, but I expected a lot from rooftop bar. And as far as rooftop bars go, that was unimpressive to me. I don't see a DJ. I didn't hear lounge music. It was just like a balcony and there was some people flanking them. And I was like, where is this? I get it. You're overlooking the beach, but... I think it was set up. They staged it, hmm. I think, is what is, is probably what happened. Or it right. could be one of those bars where it is chill and it's for you to kind of look up at the stars and be romantic. But it was probably staged to film the encounter the way it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this could go either way. It could be really romantic or it could go a different direction. So they probably staged it that way and they made it so that it could be a private kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, it's probably the only rooftop bar that would allow filming, maybe. (laughs) Probably, yeah. So what do we think about Asuelu's conversation with his mom and Tammy? It wasn't much of a scene, but I think that was the only scene that they featured on this last episode. But what do you think about their conversation? Uh, I really don't like Tammy and his mom anyway. But we're going to see how it goes. I really hope that, and I don't think it's going to happen because they've already showed it on the trailers, Mm -hmm. that it's not hard, right? And Tammy and the mom were like, well, you know, if if they're respectful, then there won't be any drama or whatever. And I'm like, okay. Says the woman that threatened them. (laughs) Yeah. In my head, I'm just saying, look, you're a guest in someone else's house. And it's, it's a family occasion. Like, is it that hard for you to behave? Is it that hard for you to be respectful in their house? Like you're a guest, right? Like, mm-hmm. So why don't you take it upon yourselves to put your best foot best forward, forward. And, to be, yeah. and to be, you know, respectful and to be nice and stuff. So I, I don't know. And as we already see, I don't know how it's going to start, but we know how it's going to end, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. I saw that football tackle from Australia. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Speaking he of meant fo- business. Right. Yeah. And speaking of football tackle, it always behooves me how someone like Tammy, who's like, what, 100 pounds, maybe 110, 120, give or take, threatening <laughs> two linebackers <laughs> in Kalini and Kalani. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what are you thinking, girl? What makes you think you can take them on? Seriously. Have you right. seen them? Yeah, she runs her mouth off. She without... talks a big game, but right. come on. <laughs> <laughs> like we all know what will happen. Yeah. Um, don't talk about it, be about it. Yeah. You know right. I mean? But 
I don't think she bowed about it. <laughs> Kalini and Kalani, they would eat her for breakfast, I think. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so are, are we happy that Brendan and Julia are out of the farm? I'm so happy for them. You know, and it just seems like at this point, the parents are trying to rain on their parade. Mm. That's all this seems like. And they keep bringing up the farm. Look, to me, I don't think they want the farm. I don't know what their issue is with keeping it. They, they probably want the land or something, maybe monetary value. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted the farm, you would embrace taking care of it. Right. You would embrace the labor that comes with it. If you can't handle that and you don't want to do the job either, because that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds like you don't want to do the job. You yeah, want they don't want to pay for it too. Yeah, it seems like they're want, unwilling to pay for that. You want help. other people to do the work. Right. You wanted Julia and Brandon to stick around and, and do the work for you is what you want. It's not so much you want the farm. You want people on the farm to take care of it so that y'all can retire and, and live your best life. Look, if you don't want the farm, don't dump it on other people. Right. <laughs> you and, and live your best life without it but to me it's always about the farm and we were hoping we could give it to you and you could pass it down no dude <laughs> you want to hold on to it but you don't want the work that comes with it so if you don't want the work that comes with it then you don't want the farm that's what farm life is and yeah. it's obvious julia doesn't want it yeah so when brandon was like oh yeah we'll come down on the weekends and julia's like what's all this wee stuff bro <laughs> <laughs> Records got hurt. Hey, hold on a minute. Like, what was all this we stuff about? Yeah, <laughs> she was quick to remind him too. Like, we, you can yeah. go. I stay and put. He felt hurt about it, and I'm like, come on, Brandon. You knew she wasn't about that. Don't speak for her. I, but I'm happy I, for them. Me too. I respect the fact that Julia was upfront about her zero interest in helping out at the farm because at least she's not being wishy-washy about it and like maybe saying something and then acting a certain way behind their backs. I respect that she was being honest and I also think it wasn't fair for her to work on the farm for free when she's not even remotely interested in upkeeping the farm, which again, I, I mentioned during our last recording with Elena is that it's becoming clear that Ron and Betty wants the land but don't want to do the work and I get it they're getting older but at least pay for it but it doesn't seem like they want to spend the money to upkeep the land they're just expecting their son to take over for them so they want the free labor yeah Yeah. so (laughs) I guess I'm not surprised that Julia made it very clear that hey I'm not interested if Brandon wants to he can but I'm not interested and I like how she, after the parents left, she asked Brandon to lock the door. Yeah, lock the door. Lock, lock the, the door. door. <laughs> yeah. For me, though, I want to see something new. They're kind of beating this horse to death, you know? Yeah. Like, it's the same crap now. Like, they're not doing anything new, uh, you know? Like, again, when I was writing in my notes and comparing it to our notes from previous episodes, I'm like, it's them talking about the fucking farm again? Come on. <laughs> yeah. We've seen this already. Like, give us some new content, right? Because this is really getting tired. Is this the end of their story? Is this it for the rest of the season? We're not going to get any more scenes of Julia dancing in heels at a gym. <laughs> you I know, think that, that, that's the other part of it, too, right? It's her looking for work. So they can expand on that storyline. Yeah. But just don't keep going back to the farm because, like you say, that's 
beating a dead horse. You know? Yeah. I was going to say, did you notice there was a bottle with a labeled money for Lamborghini? What? Yeah, when Brandon was packing, there was actually like a savings jar at the back and has a big label money for Lamborghini. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, that was yeah. Kind of cute. That's cute. But if it's like a piggy bank, then that means they're putting cash in it. Yeah. It's probably something that he set aside from when he was young. Whenever you have loose. Yeah. yeah. But I'm like, if that's the case, then, you know, are they going to be doing like hospitality kind of work or... Is she going to get a job exotic dancing? I don't know. Because you, you need the loose cash to put in the thing, right? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you need cash. Yeah. So I think that was when he was still young and maybe he had allowance. And It's a nice goal car. Yeah. 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 Good aspiration to have. All right. Are we ready to move on to Andre and Libby? She said that him go- as a listing agent could go either way i'm like in what world could it go either way it's going badly (laughs) it's gonna go badly how are you thinking that him being the listing agent she's like it can go either way no it can't (laughs) like what (laughs) are you joking like no it's it's definitely gonna go badly so uh, there's no other way to approach this other than the dad needs to play a bigger role in informing the daughters and putting his foot down and maybe andre can be less of a jerk and maybe say, hey, your dad is going to make me a listing agent. I'm not trying to step on your toes. The agreement is that I would work with you all and and you all would mentor me. So can you teach me about this? Yeah. And I'm just thinking, you know, they probably hate him enough where even that would be like, go fuck yourself, you know, (laughs) but he could be that way. I try to be non-confrontational. I try to be the nicer person and I think there's just another way to go about this Mm -hmm. where maybe if they already feel like their toes are being stepped on maybe if you said look I'm gonna project manage this can you show me how to do it can you teach me this or you know now that he's gonna be a listing agent look it sucks I get it you probably expected this to be your listing your dad said that I could do this can you show me how to do this? Can you teach me how to do this? You know, he's not making an attempt to get them on his side is all I'm saying. Yeah. He's a hard person to like. Like, You're not winning any points with them, Andre, by being super confrontational and just by saying, hey, guess what? This listing is mine. Me and your dad are going 50-50 on it. And if you don't like it, go fuck yourself. You're not winning any any points. for Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and again, maybe they'd still say go fuck off, but I would still say it and then, come out looking like the bigger person say hey i tried and they're they're not having it but instead you know he's just ah you know and don't talk to me like that and your dad said this and i'm just like i want to root for him i really do because i get that he's just trying to live his life and that a lot of these decisions are being made by chuck and and they're just shutting him out but like you're not making it easier on yourself you know by one intruding in on the family business and then not trying to be a likable person. Yeah. Um, I can see how this is a very complex issue. I can see that Andre is trying to work twice as hard in trying to impress Chuck because he's not Chuck's flesh and blood. You know, mm-hmm. he's just an in-law. And I can see how he's trying his best. But at the same time, Chuck's 
children, Becky, Jen, Charlie, they act like they're expecting the dad to give them first dips every time and for things to be handed over to them. Because like when you hear Jen and Becky argue with Andre about why he's in charge of that listing, it sounds like they can't even let that go. And 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 I'm not sure if you guys caught this, but Chuck even said there's so many other houses to flip. Why mm-hmm. are we fighting over this one? Right. Like there are other properties. Chuck is not just doing one. He's probably has other properties that can be worked on. And yet in this episode, Jen and Becky are just about this one particular listing. Like right. they're harping on this one thing. They're hung up over just one thing, right? right. It's not like, there's no evidence yet of Andre stealing their property. There's none. It's only this particular one that he's trying to flip with Chuck and trying to make a profit off it. And I bet his thought process is, okay, the sooner I do this the, and the sooner I get the money, the, the sooner I can branch off on my own and not have right. to be in this family business. Right. But I get it too that he's so combative that I wish he would take the higher ground, but he doesn't. (laughs) And especially when Andre says a lot of problematic stuff like, oh, you should be the designer because, you know, women know how to pick colors and all that. And I'm like, he's sexist. He's damn sexist, (laughs) man. And that's why I think he goes hard on Jen and Becky. It's almost like there's nothing chivalrous about him. No, he's all about, no, it's not my fault. Like, for example, when he accidentally cut the cake first before they sang the birthday song. And everyone is like, why are you cutting the cake? You're supposed to be singing the birthday song first. And he got all defensive instead of saying, oh, my bad. You know, let me stop cutting the cake. But instead, he got mad about it. And I'm like... Is that the same cake that ended up on his face? (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's a smaller piece, but yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which, again, like, that's rude too, right? Like, come on. First of all, Jen's a guest. And this is her niece's birthday party. Like, do you really have to cause a scene? It's like only family Libby can escalate a cake cutting incident into a family business (laughs) argument. It's like only them. It's so petty. And come to find out too that like the thing that Chuck is doing, he did for his other kids too. Right. I think that was a great defense where it was like, how is this any different than like how I helped you and how I helped you? I'm just doing the same thing for Andre and your sister. It's the same thing. I did the same. We did this. And I'm right. just like. And then they cut to Jen during the one-on-one interview. And Jen was like, no, it's not the same. Because I had to learn how to buy a house, how to flip a property, how to list it all on my own. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure your dad was there with you. And he pretty much handed all of these things to you. and you're learning the same thing as what Andre is going through right now. And I can see the argument that they're trying to make here is that instead of Andre being first in line, it has to be always them. Right. Like the dad has to present this listing to them and say, would you like it? And if they're like, oh, no, we're good. We're not interested or you know, we're busy. Then it goes to Andre. So it's almost like they're arguing about the pecking order pecking order and also they are still under the impression that he's manipulating their dad or he's taking advantage of the dad they still haven't gotten over that that the dad is in this 100 percent yes the dad wants to do that yeah and when they came in and they're like 
oh, you can tell that my dad is a, is a little drunk and he's right. in here talking about, no, <laughs> these conversations have already been happening. And it's part of the reason why you've been pissed off because you keep saying things like, oh, they're in cahoots behind our back and stuff. Like he's not taking advantage of a drunk Chuck here. Right. right. No one's putting a gun to Chuck's head and say, hey, work with me. Or right. Else, right? right. Notice the language, Lon. When Chuck's children work with him, it's called a family business. But when Andre works with Chuck, it's called cahoots. Yeah. Again, they're just jealous. Yeah. You know. But then Partly again, hopes that this is all scripted. Stage. Yeah. This yeah, is yeah. all scripted, hopefully. Yeah. Um, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, but did you hear what Andre said about Charlie? That Charlie kind of fudged some of those listings. And that's, no. I think that's why Chuck no. gave that particular property to Andre because... I guess Charlie was, according to Andre, in party mode and kind of lost money on some oh, of those other I properties. Yeah. He told Libby that at the property that he was going to flip, that, oh, Chuck had given this to Charlie, but Charlie has been not taking things seriously and has caused the family business to lose money, blah, blah, blah. So, and he was like, I'm glad to take this off his hands. Was that on this episode or was that on the last episode? It was this episode. It was this episode. I missed that. Yeah. Maybe Chuck's own children's not doing a great job. Yeah. You know? Anyway, anything else you want to say about Andre? I think he's learning. And that's the thing, right? Like, if, if he can say something like that now that you mention it and he knows what, like, a fudged property looks like or whatever, then, like, he's, he's actually learning. Yeah. He's learning something. And um, you would think that as the family, they would be rooting for his success because he's married to their sister. Anyway. Yeah. No, <laughs> really, the there's a lot of, yeah, if, for them to be this up in arms about it, it's like, uh, you're really not going to support your sister in the very least. Like, this is her husband. He's trying to get a business going off so that he and your sister can be successful. Yeah. It's hard to believe. That's why I'm like, I hope this is all scripted because I would think that as the siblings that they would want their sister to be successful. Right. You know, and her husband being that they're married. So. Yeah. I mean, think about their niece. Think about Eleanor. Yeah. If anything, right? Yeah. So, Lon, can we all just agree that Angela is never going to produce a baby for Michael. What is that even about? What's going on here, y'all? What's going on here? Okay, so he's going to jerk off into a cup, you know, and, and then what? <laughs> What's the next step here? Because after this step, where does it go from here? <laughs> so the idea that his friends, the goofballs, right, the so-called goofballs suggested yeah. to him is get your sperm sent to U.S. and, and fertilize whosever egg, apparently Skyla's in his mind, and then have Angela tote the baby now that she's healthier, right? I'm having air quotations here. And that's when Angela pushed back and said, look, I just went through hell. I just went through several surgeries and now you want me to tote the baby. And I'm like, why did you get the surgeries if the end goal wasn't to have a baby? Even if it's not to have the baby, then don't make an excuse saying that it was photogram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But don't make the excuse that you, you want to be healthier while you're still smoking. Yeah. Like, what is that about then? 
Yeah. Like, no, why are you having that. all this surgery? <laughs> because I thought, and listeners, maybe I'm wrong here. I thought she had all those surgeries so that she can be healthier, so that she can eventually tote a baby. I think it was for the health, but definitely not for the baby. The baby, I thought, was already a done issue. Well, the fact that the it's thing. being brought up again is like, what? <laughs> then I guess even Michael is getting the wrong idea here because he probably thought that she's doing all this so that she can be healthier, so she can tote the baby. Yeah, yeah. That's the end game, apparently. But and how is she gonna help him with this process? Because if there were a perfect time to do it. It would have been the hot tub time when they're both getting like sexy for each other and they're talking dirty. But, you know, when I saw it on the preview or whatever, she's outside wearing a sweater and stuff. I'm like, okay, what are you going to do? How are you yeah. going to help him through the you masturbation? Know, through the masturbation. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to be outside exposing yourself? Because that's gross. Yeah. To me, it seems like she's treating it like a joke and that she's going to laugh and stuff. And I think he felt that way too, right? He mentioned it. Yeah. Or something. He felt that you she can, was just going to laugh. Yeah. You can tell that she's going to belittle him or she's going to mock him the whole way. And yeah. that's going to be uncomfortable. Like, I don't know yeah. how he's going to get through that. Good luck getting it up, Michael, if that's the case. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing turn onish about that at yeah. all. <laughs> With a wife like Angela. Like, arousing. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing arousing about, yeah. about her cackle. Her no, you know, evil no. cackle. But yeah, I did know that I found it hard. And even my own fiance found it hard to believe that Michael has never masturbated. Uh, I don't know about all that. Yeah, yeah, no, I don't. I don't. I don't really believe that. I will though believe the shame and guilt that comes with masturbation when you're raised under Christianity, like Orthodox, it, like really strict. Right, which I think he is, right? He's Christian, or yeah, he's. I Christian. don't know what exact denomination, but he's Christian. So I can vouch that it is considered sinful. Air quotes, <laughs> <laughs> sinful. So the psychological guilt and the shame that's associated with masturbation should you engage in it yeah um, it is heavy and you're always feeling the eyes of god watching you and it was always something where like you know growing up i'm like well shit now do i gotta tell a priest i gotta tell a priest this you know <laughs> and really truthfully and i'm like it's confession time oh and my I just god gotta tell the priest again and there'd be times when I went to confession every week, there'd be times and that, you know, and I'd tell the priest the same thing. I'm like, Hey, I'm back. Guess what? I did it again. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck man. <laughs> man, that priest must be like, boy, Satan Hail Mary's it. again. Like, okay. <laughs> so like I can vouch for that. I know that. And I think if he's practicing Christian and a good one at that, where he's like, no, masturbation? No, I would never. So I kind of get that part. Now, okay. you know, you not doing it, mm, hard to believe, you know, but I understand the guilt, the yeah. shame associated with it, and the kind of thing that's like, no, that's a no-no, and I shouldn't, you know? And I was like, no, that's a no-no, I shouldn't, but I did it anyway. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's enough funny. about me. <laughs> TMI, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for that vulnerability there. <laughs> there were two things that I kind of caught on during that scene. One is, well, three things. I think the biggest news was the fact that Michael confessed that he was being breastfed until he was nine. 
And I thought that was a really late age. But again, I mean, that might be... He's, Culturally, he did, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He, but he did say that it's not a Nigerian thing. It was probably just a, him and right. his mom. So, okay, whatever, right? Attachment parenting. I get it. The other thing is that he confessed to cheating on Angela. Remember the the BJ incident? He even said it, BJ incident. That, yeah, that was, wow. He confessed that to the, the pro- producer. Because the producer thinking. asked, when was the last time you cheated on Angela? And he said, no, I remember the BJ incident. And I remember Mariam talked about that before. Yeah, where... but he admitted that. Though, he admitted right? that, yeah. He admitted that to Angela, I think. Yeah, he did. Yeah. But then the biggest thing that I thought was disgusting was Angela saying that she was in a wet t-shirt contest competing against 20-year-olds when she was 42. 40, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to think about that. That's just gross, man. I mean, okay, fine. You know, power to you for thinking that you look hot in a wet t-shirt. Yeah. Reliving her glory, glory days. Glory days, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. But that's cool. I mean, if you're 40 and you still, you know, you still got it like that. (laughs) Yeah. Not something I want to vision. Yeah, not the kind of imagery I was ready for. But um, yeah, but oh, here's the thing. I wouldn't talk about it with my homies, you know, like him and his friends were all joking about that. I'd feel uncomfortable if I was him. Which part? When he was hanging out with, uh, with his friends and they were all talking and laughing and in my head i'm like y'all angela's gonna see this and oh. they're talking about her boobs you know and name of fruit <laughs> yeah you know and then the scene was funny but it at was. the same time one the, the instant thing was like angela's gonna see this and i don't think she's gonna like it but and, they already know that she doesn't like them so they're like yeah. what do we have to lose right and two i put myself in that conversation and i'm like I wouldn't be comfortable if my homies were cracking jokes about my wife's boobs. Yeah. I would dead that, you know? I'd be like, y'all, uh-uh, y'all. Y'all are going to respect my wife, y'all. We're not talking about my wife's boobs. We're not having this conversation, y'all. Like, And he just seemed to roll with it and laugh and stuff. And my head, I was like, hmm, Angela's not going to like that, man. <laughs> I think the way I saw it is that they're teasing him. Because he's a boobs her. guy. Because he's a boobs guy. It's right. not about... I mean, yeah, they went into the size and everything. And I thought, okay, was that even necessary? But it was a guy thing, right? They were talking about boobs. And I get it. And maybe if Angela was a nicer person, I would be like, stop talking about her boobs. But yeah. it's Angela. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. Stop talking about her <laughs> boobs. <yeah. laughs> it's Angie. I don't care. I did think that she took it well. Because his reaction... It wasn't the best reaction, but, you know, this was the previous episode mm. when she revealed her boobs. And then he said, they're okay enough for me. And then she was like, well, you know, he wasn't jumping for joy, but I'm glad that he said they're, that they're good enough. And, and I thought she really took that well. You know? Do we have to relieve that? Because I don't know if I want to think about that. No, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. I just <laughs> that, That's just abomination, like right there. I don't know why TLC subjected us to that. Yeah, I think TLC might have taken that a little too far. Yeah. And I'm body positive. I'm all for it. Free the nipple and all that. I'm, I'm all for that stuff. But I think really that was more of a ratings ploy. They yeah. didn't need to go that far. They really didn't. Or maybe Angela wanted it. You know, because yeah. I can't put it past Angela too to want that attention right. and to say, let's do it. Let's fucking go all the way. I don't care if you mosaic censor that shit. Like, 
Yeah. I'll fucking Who do it. Because <laughs> I'm not putting it past Angela and, to dude, want that attention. After that wet t-shirt comment, I have no doubt that Angela has an abundance of self-confidence in herself. She loves her boobs. She I loves her boobs. I think she prides herself on, on her boobs. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, it could be also that she told TLC like, hey, if you pay me extra, I'm happy to strip for you. Yeah. And she probably did. So, ew. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we didn't see Tiffany and Ronald in the last episode. So we can close it out with Big Mike and Natalie. There's a lot to unpack mm-hmm. with, I guess, their confrontation, conversation, whatever you want to call it. Big Mike's meltdown. Um, <laughs> meltdown is accurate. It, it yeah. is a meltdown when your your voice pitch goes higher. He's cracking. It, His voice cracks. <laughs> it's almost pre-puberty type of voice. And that's when you know it's a, he does it's a meltdown. A he does that a lot when he's in an argument. And it, yeah. to me, it's funny. It's laughable. But uh, also, there's no way you act this. Right? For me... The arguments that Natalie and Mike get into, maybe you can only like fabricate so much. Yeah. But that was some real emotion. That was some frustrated, I fucking hate you. You suck. I can't believe you gave away my Christmas presents. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, was that, was, that was hella rude. That was hella rude. Like, how are you? That was messed up. So, does anyone have the full scoop on that? Like, was it some petty shit where she said, I'm mad at you and she gave away the presents or what my brother was questioning was, Oh, did she just like rewrap them and say, Hey, these are from me kind of thing. And like That's package them off. Up. That's still, they're both fucked up. Yeah, but right? They're both, they're fucked both up. Either way. but like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's just a slap in someone's face, right? When you're given gifts and the next day or like afterwards, you just gave it away. I re-gifted before. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you call an Indian gifter? I hate to use that term, but I think that's the term, right? Like an Indian gifter where you like wrap it back and then you give it to someone else. Uh, so I don't know if it pertains to gifts. I have heard the saying like Indian giver where if something is given to you, but I haven't heard it in the context of Christmas presents. And maybe that's just because I haven't heard it in that context. I oh, no, no, it's not. It's not. Apparently, an Indian giver is uh, when you give something to another person, but then you take it back. But then you take it back. Yeah. So that's right. not that's not what Natalie did. I apologize. But it's more of like... Re-gift. I think she it's re-gifted. Back. Yeah. Yeah. So I've re-gifted before, but it wasn't like that, where it was a Christmas present and somebody specifically was giving it to me out of thoughtfulness. I think maybe a white elephant where I yeah. already had a blender yeah. and I was like, oh, save this for next year. And then right. we don't need to do another white elephant. Yeah. We'll just re-gift it and then say, hey, remember last year? Yeah, that was the same one. Ha 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 ha. Like kind of thing. But yeah, someone puts thought into gifting you something and someone, you know, really took their time to say, I appreciate this person and they will know that I do because this means something to them. Or this is something that they mentioned they wanted. Or this is a hobby of theirs. Kind of like if you know somebody likes tea, for example, and then you get them a rare tea or something, right? And and I could kind of feel the pain in his voice when he said, you gave 
enjoy my presence. <laughs> yeah. Or it could be that he had this intention to make it a special Christmas for her because mm. it's her first Christmas away from home, away from her mom, her first Christmas in the US, and he's probably like buying her a ton of stuff, right? And then to find out that she took all of that and gifted it to Juliana's family, that's insulting. But okay, that aside, I think what's also disturbing is that Mike said after Christmas, she only spent one night with him. Mm. And, and the rest of the time... Out of like three months or something, right? Or some, something crazy like yeah, that. Yeah, something crazy. And then the rest of the time, she apparently has a room in Juliana's house. So she's been not spending time. Are we mover inners now? Right? Or he says something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, he feels like he's way below in her ranking order as well. Mm. So it's, I feel his pain. But I want to be cognizant of what Natalie, I don't want to be like just taking his side because that's the thing about relationship. It's never black and white. Natalie might feel that Mike is truly not being loving towards her, not being nice to her. But at the same time, it's hard to believe her given Mm. all the craziness that, she made him go through for example mike said and i caught this she made him took a week off for her surgery so i'm like dude this guy took a week off from work just to accommodate your one day of surgery i think that's quite a stretch that's quite a lot to yeah. you know for someone to do and mike and is- even if you needed space you could have told him you needed space right yeah, she said, well, I needed space and I think you should respect that. But you should have told him still. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, know, when she disappeared husband. for a day yeah, or something like that. Like, yeah. Something I agree with Mike is if Natalie really thinks that Trish called her a hooker, then she should take it up with Trish. You know, be that an was adult. My next question, by the yeah. way. Oh, okay. Do you believe, do you believe that, that that's what happened? So apparently someone leaked out that cameraman caught or had a footage of trish calling her a hooker <gasps> the plan i didn't is, believe natalie the and the plan is to release it during the tell-all i didn't believe natalie i, I didn't believe her but if that's true then that's still when they, when they called on the phone and put her on the spot she kind of danced around it and i was yeah. like she should just say if you got him on the phone say remember when you called me a hooker but yeah. she he said she didn't remember when and i don't know no, what no, no. the fuck she said she, she said, said some shit and i'm like yeah she said what is your impression of me and i'm like right, right. i'm like just why go are straight you to the point yes exactly say the word say yeah, the word, say the word. <laughs> it's like, i didn't believe her but but if you're telling me wow wow okay yeah, someone leaked out a text message of an employee of shop entertainment saying that they did catch a footage of they have a footage of I would I want to see that so bad. Right. Oh, because, I want to see that so bad. I want to see Trisha's face when she, cause she swore up and down. Right. It, it will vindicate Natalie, but I still think Natalie is going about things the wrong way. I really think so. And maybe it's a cultural thing. Maybe it's just Natalie. But what Trish said is something that I truly believe is that Natalie does what Natalie wants. And mm. if she doesn't get it her way. It's like, oh, now you're hurting me or you're not supporting my dreams or, you know mm. what I mean? Because I want to believe that Mike did support her. Yes, 
you know, as her husband, yeah, he's obligated to give her shelter, feed her and everything. So he did try his best. But for Natalie to be like, who is he to me? You know, I, I want to spend the night at Juliana's house. It's so weird. I cannot fathom that behavior. I cannot. Mm. It just doesn't align well with me. She just doesn't like him. <laughs> yeah, and that's what Trisha said done. in the next episode. Is that yeah. she doesn't even like you. She yeah. doesn't even respect you enough to give yeah. you the courtesy heads up or whatever. There are some couples in the 90 Day Fiancé universe that I absolutely don't get. And Mike and Natalie is going to be in that category along with Corey and Evelyn. Like, I don't know why Corey is and Evelyn are coming back for the other way because Evelyn treats him like shit and he still wants to be with her. Oh, Corey wants to be with her because Corey thinks she's the best thing since sliced bread. Right, like, exactly. You know, and I will say she's right. a looker and Corey probably doesn't think he'll have better, right? To him, this is it for him. <laughs> so right. that, that, to me- from the male perspective, I can kind of see that. I've been in that relationship where one of my exes treated me like crap the entire time. But in my head, I was like, well, it doesn't get better than this, Lon. Like, this is the best you're going to get. And and I stuck around. you know. And that was one aspect of it. Obviously, there was good with the bad. And I liked to reflect on the good. And there were times when I thought things would change. But there was that side of me where I was like, damn. Does it really get this better for you, Lon? And I thought this person was the best thing that yeah. ever happened to me. Yeah. So there's that, right? You know, that's not even from the male perspective. I'm saying from the male perspective in his shoes, yeah. like I think she's an attractive woman. But I think that goes for a lot of people too, men, men, women, non-binary, whatever have you. Yeah. You're, when you think your partner is the best thing that ever happened to you, it's hard to leave. It's hard to imagine you with something better, even though it's obvious to the rest of the world, if they're treating you like shit, there is something better for you out there. You just got to get rid of that fear. So, you know, I think that's where Corey's at. This is the best for me. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, Michael and Natalie, I don't get it either. They're confused. They wanted to marry each other. And now, now that they're married, they can't stand the fucking side of each other. And sometimes Michael wants to be with her and sometimes he doesn't. And you get these glimpses where Natalie is like apologizing because she wants to make up. And then she's like, well, fuck it. I apologize all the time. So it's like, can y'all figure this out? (laughs) Michael and Natalie are, they're difficult to figure out. And then, you know, when you revealed to me a few weeks ago that Natalie is over here on Instagram, you know, and I guess posting with him and stuff. It's weird. I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Spending time with him during 4th of July. So either they're taking us for a ride or they have the most complicated storyline, <laughs> right? I guess in a way, if this is what TLC wants to achieve, then kudos because it's hard to take sides when it comes to Natalie and Big Mike because it, it's so great. There are a lot of gray area. If I were Natalie, I would leave. The thing being is Trish, his mom doesn't like you. And he's a mama's boy through and through. He's going to have her side the entire time, regardless. I wouldn't be surprised if the tell-all came out and it gets revealed that Trish called her hooker and he still sticks by his mom's side. That wouldn't even surprise me one bit. So do you really want the rest of your life to be that? To be be your mother-in-law hating you and then your husband backing her up every step of the way? 
No, at least not for me. Yeah. And Natalie did compare Mike to an elephant. (laughs) Yeah. Let go of the boob, Mike. (laughs) He's like an elephant tied to a needle. Yeah, to a stick, right? Or something. To a stick, yeah. That was the weirdest like analogy. But anyway, we've come to the end. Lon, what is your WTF moment? A WTF moment. And this one isn't super WTF. It was WTF to me because it was kind of cute and kind of funny. Was when Yara was like, oh, well, when I picture Miami, I picture Snoop Dogg on a jacket (laughs) smoking marijuana and dancing with women in a drop top Cadillac. I'm like, what the the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) The fuck are you talking about? It's funny how for us foreigners view the U.S., It's so funny because I don't know where she gets that from. But Yara, that's not Miami. I was telling Manny, that sounds like she's describing Snoop Dogg riding down the California Route 1. Yeah, I can definitely see that. She described 90s West Coast hip-hop music video. Right. (laughs) Is what she described. Like, (laughs) but that's not Miami at all. That is not. That is not Not even even close. Not even the Modelo. um, Because, you know, Snoop Dogg is now endorsing Modelo with Bad Bunny. Right. (laughs) Yeah, that's not even it. But okay, that's your WTF moment. Actually, I was going to say my WTF moment is when Yara was caught snoring in Uber, but that's not WTF enough. <laughs> that's uh, like something you would do to like your friend when they're drunk is put the camera on them and yeah. like, look, look what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. I think Mike revealing that Natalie gave away all her gifts, all her Christmas gifts, that was WTF to me. Definitely, definitely, definitely yeah. WTF. Yeah. And the fact that she has a room assigned to her at her friend's house where she spent most of her nights at. That's also a WTF to me. Are they trying to hint that Juliana is a lover? That's what the interwebs are saying. I I don't like that because just because two women are close to each other doesn't mean that they're there's a little attraction thing happening. That's what I was thinking too is like, that's probably not the case, but the way TLC is filming it, like, yeah, they're showing, the, oh, they're in the room together. The music oh, is the angle. Right. Pan to Julia's face. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? While yeah. she's saying it or whatever. I'm like. Pan to her looking lovingly. Yes. Sadly. Yes. Yeah. Like, come on. You're you're over here with the inferences. Like. Yeah. <laughs> stop, that. stop it, TLC. Thanks for listening, WTFers. If you love the podcast, you can show your support by leaving us a five-star review on Apple wherever you get your podcasts. You can also donate to our Patreon at WTF Extra. It is appreciated and really helps us out. You can engage with us on email, Twitter, and Instagram at 90 Day Fiance WTF. We especially would like to hear what your WTF moments are each episode. We might even shout you out. You can catch me on Instagram at lon underscore like underscore lon that's l-a-n underscore like underscore l-a-w-n and also at italics i-i-t-a-l-i-x i do stream on facebook gaming um every friday and saturday starting between 9 and 10 pacific and we stay up all night long there's links to the facebook on my instagram bio shout out to simon biles and yes naomi osaka for speaking up on mental health it's very important and kudos to them for having the courage to care for themselves first who are we looking at at the olympics who are we looking looking forward to
Oh, who are we looking forward to? I just heard that Simone Biles withdrew. Yeah, because of mental health. I don't know who I'm looking forward to. I'm trying to think. Who are you looking forward to? Simone Biles was definitely one I was looking forward yeah, to. Same. Unfortunately, Shikari Richardson too, which is what I'm sad about. It's super unfair because apparently there's a sex offender on the fence. Saw that. That and they're defending the sex offender. Right. They've even made special accommodations for right. the sex offender in order for the sex offender to compete. Right. This is bullshit. So hashtag, you know, fuck Olympics, like fuck the Olympics. Right. I do understand the problems with the Olympics, but at the same time, on the other side of the coin, there is still a lot of stuff to be happy about. And um, I'm going to choose to support the athletes that I want to support because I, I still think there's a lot of progress as much as there's some shit about weed and some transphobia going on. There are still trans athletes out there competing. Right. And I think they deserve to be viewed and to be celebrated for their accomplishments. So I get how problematic this Olympics has been, but I also think there is some progress being made. And, um, and I think definitely the athletes deserve our continued support. So, yeah. Shout out to my fellow Southeast Asian from Philippines. Uh, yes. who got, uh, Philippines finally got their first gold medal in weightlifting. And shout out to the Japanese skateboarders for sweeping the men's and women's street right. finals, which is great. Very cool. Yeah. Youngest some... to do it, apparently. The youngest to do it yes. as well. Yes. I forgot her name, but I think something starts with M, Miji or something. She just finished elementary school. And what? it's now a gold medalist, oh my an gosh. Olympian and a gold medalist. So Unbelievable. I don't know what y'all were doing at 13. I know I was still in school <laughs> at right. 13. I wasn't like an Olympian, for, but I mean, she has a bright future ahead of her. So yeah, a lot of exciting stuff with the Olympics, but I think people are starting to figure out uh, or rather the the ugliness of it are starting to surface and it's good that you know people are more aware of mm-hmm. how unfair things can get in the in the olympics yeah i think it's going to open up more conversations um especially around trans athletes and how we move forward from here because i i think it's unfair to just say you know, oh, this amount of estrogen and this amount of testosterone. And, you know, um, if they were like assigned this at birth and all that stuff, these just aren't accurate measurements. I'm actually starting to read more literature about the gender binary and, and about what's outside of it and things like that. And I just think the even within the gender binary, people are using testosterone and estrogen is like as the defining things that make someone a woman athlete or someone a male athlete. But then you find women athletes who are not trans and they're still being banned because they have unnatural levels yeah. or not unnatural. That's a wrong thing to say at all. They just have higher testosterone levels than the Olympic committee deems is, is fair for what an athlete is. Yeah, That's what an athlete is. Athletes are freakishly good at what they do. Yeah. If you were to say, oh, well, we, they have to ban this runner because of this advantage that they have, that's the reason we praise athletes. That's why we we look at Steph Curry, because he has an unbelievable 
advantage when it comes to shooting, whatever it is, if it's his speed, that's the reason we celebrate him. <laughs> like, yeah. You yeah, know I what think, I mean? I think naturally occurring. They're not using drugs. They're not, you know, they're what I mean? born that way. Yes. Yeah. And you're talking about Semenya from South Africa, I believe. There were oh, there, a there couple, were, actually. There were, and the ones that are banned are of a certain ethnic group. So, again, shame on you, IOC. Yeah, there were some African runners that were deemed to have higher levels of testosterone. And, right. like, come on, man. Seriously. Meanwhile, Russian athletes get to compete. Just not under the Russian flag. So I don't know. I don't know where the fairness <laughs> is. It's weird how they managed to circumvent for like certain people, but not for other people. So anyway, on a lighter note, I'll end with this. Go watch Ragnarok on Netflix. It's a great series, even though it, it's not an English speaking series, but it's, it's a good modern take on uh, Norse mythology, if you're into that kind of stuff. I've yeah. heard of that one. It's, yeah. it's, is there a new season? But it's older, right? So they started in 2019. So there are already okay, two right. seasons on Netflix. But yeah, good. Not, not a bad writing, but it does get you hooked. So I would definitely recommend that. If you're into that thing, The Last Kingdom is also actually pretty good. Is that a zombie flick? It's not, right? No, The Kingdom is a zombie, zombie one. Flick. The Last okay. Kingdom is similar to Ragnarok, but it's in English. <gasps> and it's uh, Vikings and stuff like that. Um... Uthred, son of, my name is Uthred, son of Uthred. <laughs> yeah, and they have swords and it's funny. It's good shit. Like, I, don't yeah. know, I, like, I liked it a lot. I didn't expect to and then I got, I got hooked on it. But it's along the lines, I would think, of Ragnarok. Okay, cool. All right, y'all. All right. 